Christchurch, New Malden, 11th of August 2019. 6.30 service. David Lofman speaking on A Christian Who Changed My Life. I hope you were enjoying the songs we're singing this evening and I hope you particularly enjoyed the reading that Claire just gave us. Some of the songs and that reading form part of the funeral service of Alan Caldwell. You may have seen Alan Caldwell. He came to visit us on many occasions. Alan Caldwell is uh, Katie's dad, my father-in-law. He really enjoyed uh, the services here. Um, he came to all three of them. Wherever we were, that's where he was. There he is. The Reverend Alan Caldwell. The first time I met him was in November 1982. Katie and me had been friends for a year or so. One weekend, she invited me home to meet her family. They lived in a small village about 10 miles from Ipswich in deepest, darkest Suffolk. I remember the bus journey we took from that station, from Ipswich station. It was evening. Very quickly, we travelled out of the street lights of Ipswich and plunged into the countryside darkness. I peered out of the windows. I couldn't make anything out at all, just a few blurred lights, maybe. The bus raced along until suddenly, about 20 minutes into the journey, Katie suddenly stood up and she rang a bell and the bus suddenly drew to a halt. When I got out of the bus, we were in the middle of nowhere. I thought I'd landed in a gothic horror story. <laughs> and then I noticed a, a dimly lit porch light a little way off. Suddenly, we were in the kitchen. They were all there, the Caldwell family, with Alan popping in and out with Bibles and bits of paper under his arm. What I most remember from that first meeting with Alan was the warm and totally accepting welcome I felt from them. Phew, I thought, this isn't a gothic horror story at all. This is Little Women or Pride and Prejudice. But when I look back at that bus journey that evening from Ipswich Station to Katie's home, I think it was like my life up until that moment. There was nothing but darkness all around me. And then I came to that kitchen, a Christian home filled with light and warmth. I felt accepted and loved right from the start. One way Alan showed his love and acceptance of me was the way he treated my Jewishness. Being Jewish didn't really mean much to me at that time. I had a bar mitzvah and I knew the basics, but as I grew up, if I'm truly honest, my Jewishness was a bit of a problem. Firstly, we were quite a lonely family. My parents felt a strong sense of being Jewish, 
but they never went to synagogue. And they never mixed really easily with non-Jewish people. Secondly, being Jewish in a northwest London secondary modern school for boys in the 1970s wasn't easy. I was an outsider. Word got around about the boy that didn't attend morning assemblies. The anti-Semitic insults soon followed. A year before I met Alan, though, I did meet and I did make some Jewish friends. They've been an amazing support to me over the years, even though I became a Christian. We're still very close. And despite those friends, Alan, and be, yeah, despite those friends, Alan, it was Alan that reminded me that Jews were God's chosen people. He said being Jewish was something really special. He told me that Jesus was a Jew. He began to tell me about how the stories of the Old Testament linked to Jesus' life in the Gospels. At first, I didn't really pay much attention. But I remember he invited me to visit a Bible exhibition showing what life was like in Palestine when Jesus was alive. Alan was the first person to show me how important it is to be Jewish. He helped me to value something about myself that I thought totally unimportant. I think my ministry here at Christ Church has been informed partly by my Jewishness. And I feel comfortable and confident in my Jewish heritage now. It was Alan and those Jewish friends, actually, and the experience of being here at Christchurch that has made all of that possible. Another really important influence Alan has had on me was how he helped me to love the Bible. He was passionate about the Bible. He told me how central the Bible is to being in a relationship with God. Before I became a Christian, I had loads of discussions with him about the Bible. He always made a point of emphasizing how the translators of the New International Version went back to the original Greek and Hebrew texts. He told me how careful they were in translating the Psalms and other Hebrew poems and songs. And over the years, he'd shown me the importance of reading the Bible daily, of meeting people regularly to read and get to know the Bible better. He introduced me to the Amplified Bible and amazing, the amazing Thompson Chain Reference Bible. Seven years after I first met Alan, was it really that long? I began teaching, a teaching career. It was now 1987. I'd become a Christian two years earlier in 1985. And Alan had baptised me. I attended his confirmation classes. He prepared me for my confirmation. And amazingly, he gave Katie away at our wedding and then somehow married us both. <laughs> Gymnastics. <laughs> so I began this teaching career 
I, which I loved. But it was incredibly intense. One thing, one difficulty I had about teaching were the summer holidays. They were difficult to cope with at first. So when the long summer holidays came, all the work suddenly stopped. I didn't know what to do with myself. All that silence and all that spare time. Then, in the second summer holiday, I suddenly remembered the Bible. So every morning after Katie left for work, I'd start reading and exploring it. At first, I brought my knowledge and experience of studying English, and gradually, over the years, I brought a concordance, a chain reference Bible, an amplified a dictionary of the Bible and a dictionary of theology. And for about two to three hours each day, I explored the Holy Scriptures. It was an incredible time. I felt the Holy Spirit was with me, guiding my reading. It was very exciting. In the summer holidays, before we had our children, I really felt I was getting to know the Bible. I found that the routine and discipline helped me structure the long summer days. From then on, the summer holiday became a pleasure and a delight. Alan had helped me to discover that. And it's, a good, and it's good to be reminded of that time again right now with Iona and Aaron leaving home. Especially now that I've just retired. It's about time I really got stuck into the Bible like I did in those summer holidays. Alan really helped me read and love the Bible. If we ever found ourselves talking about it, we almost always disagreed. But he trusted in the Holy Spirit working in my life. Perhaps he had an idea that at some point in the future, I might stand in front of a congregation like I am today. I think he may have started preparing me for leading a home group, which I had for several years, and perhaps even preaching really early on when I'd only been a Christian for a couple of years. One summer, soon after Katie and me got married, Alan suggested a sailing holiday. Alan was a very experienced sailor. He got his yacht master's certificate. He had everything. So he was our captain, but we were a pretty motley crew. There was Katie and her sister Helen, and me and my mother. A family holiday. I don't think the crew had any serious sailing experience. Two of us couldn't even swim. <laughs> but Alan took charge. We obeyed our orders and did our jobs. He also gave me a special job to do. I was to choose a Bible reading every evening and make and then share a few reflections on it. That holiday was incredibly important. Alan was bringing two very different families together 
He was building bridges and establishing bonds. Even today, Helen and my mum have a special friendship that goes back to that holiday. They still laugh over watching the port watch, that was me and Katie, starting work, while they, the starboard watch, sat back and got on with their knitting. <laughs> we were pretty hopeless. We got stranded on sandbanks. We made loads of blunders. But it didn't matter at all. Alan had brought us together. We were a community. We were a family. We were building memories. We were getting to know each other. We were sharing difficulties. He showed me, well, all of us really, the importance of a community working together in unity with a common purpose, like a church. So, these are three stories about Alan Caldwell that show some of the ways he influenced and shaped my Christian life. There's loads more stories I could share with about him. Like the fact that Katie and me settled here in New Malden. <clears throat> We're here because when Katie was moving to London in 1984 for work, she received one reply from her advert. The reply came from New Malden, and that's where she came to live. But we stayed here because Alan was a curate here at Christchurch and became curate in charge at St John's between 1969 and 1973, when Katie was just a girl. It's there Alan met Trevor and Sue Webster and introduced them to the church. You can read all about Alan's time here in the fantastic exhibition of photographs and text that Stephen is in the process of putting up in the church halls. They're amazing. So finally, I just want to say a couple of things about Alan's funeral and the Bible reading which we just had. Alan had a huge influence on my life. I, I hope I've shown that. But of course, I'm aware that he also had a massive impact on thousands of people's lives over the course of his life and especially in his church ministry. When Alan's daughters were planning the funeral at St Mary's Church in Menai Bridge, Anglesey, they really didn't know how many people were going to turn up. Menai Bridge is quite an isolated community. There it is, on the northwest tip of Wales. Well, the response, in fact, was enormous. The church was packed. Extra chairs were brought in and people were standing at the back and in the aisles. At the reception afterwards, they had to bring in more tables, chairs, and provide a lot more tea things for people. I met past pupils who came to the funeral. Alan had taught them 60 years ago. There were people from the two creative writing groups he'd joined when he'd retired. There were people from the local Samaritans. Alan had been an active Samaritan in Menai Bridge right up to the time he was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer in December. 
There were neighbours, old family friends and parishioners from the parishes he'd ministered to over, over decades, including many of the churches on Anglesey where he'd preached, as well as the parish church he'd worshipped in at Menite Bridge, the church where the funeral took place. It was extraordinary to be part of that funeral service and to meet so many of the people his life had touched, changed and transformed. The reading chosen at annual Alan's funeral came from Ephesians chapter 3. Iona, my daughter, Alan's granddaughter, read it at the funeral. Alan's daughters, Katie, Helen and Fiona, chose Ephesians because this was Alan's favourite book of the Bible. When Alan was training to be a minister at Oak Hill College in 1965, alongside Stephen's dad, Gordon Kurt, and John Stewart. Sorry, I mean John Short. Actually, was Stuart Downey there as well? Alan joined an early morning Bible study. They studied Ephesians. Alan got to know the letter really well. He loved it. It served him his whole ministry. It is just an incredible passage to read. I haven't got time to read it to you, but it's up there. It's a prayer in which Paul hopes that God will bless his readers by bestowing on them the ability. I think that is the discipline and the willpower to enable faith in Jesus to live and flourish in his readers' lives and to know the vastness of God's love for each of them. As Alan studied this passage, he must have felt Paul was writing directly to him. And as Alan read this passage year in and year out throughout his ministry, I reckon he prayed it for us all, his family too, including me. And also all the people and parishioners he knew and ministered to over many years. It's a prayer, I reckon, he'd pray for all of us right here and now. When I think about Alan now, just five months after his death, I think I've been blessed in my life by having three fathers. There's my biological dad, the guy that brought me up. His name was Martin. And then there's Michael Denman. He was the consultant immunologist who treated me back in 1976. He saved my life and he reintroduced me to education. And then finally, there's Alan Cordwell. He was the man that baptised me. He was the man that brought me to confirmation. He was the man, amazingly, who gave Katie away at our wedding and then married us. Alan had a huge impact on my life. I thank God for him.
actually, I miss him.